Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflection from the Heart. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Albert Nastashi. Welcome one and all. Uh, thanks, Thank David. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life, do you invite my mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see how the Lord wants to speak to us today? I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. You are an awesome God, so patient and loving and kind and merciful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that you became one of us to show us how to live, to show us how to suffer with dignity, to show us that when we die in you, that we will rise again. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when you ascended, you promised that you would send the advocate. So thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And dear Holy Spirit, we ask you now, please, we invite you into this, this conversation. We invite you into this, this gospel reflection. Please open our hearts. Open our hearts. Please plant the courage in our hearts to live the word each day as husbands, as fathers, as mothers, as wives, as sons and daughters, and brothers and sisters and friends. Please, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your love, with your love. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 And Albert, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I would be my pleasure. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife, but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman, the woman, but died childless. Then the second and the third married her, and likewise, all the seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had married her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. For to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I love this scripture reading when you were finishing it up. It just it just cried out to me. When Moses made known in the passage in the bush, when he called out to, to the Lord and said, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. 
for to him all are alive. That's the communion of saints. This is the scriptural Amen. verse that proves out our Catholic teaching, the church's teaching for 2,000 years, that heaven, the gates of heaven are open to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that we can call out to our brothers and sisters in heaven to help us here and now fight against the enemy of our souls, that they're the saints in heaven, Moses, you know, and Elijah and Isaac and Jacob and Abraham, they're alive in heaven. So all that the church, all those that the church has declared saints, now Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, Saint John Paul II, we can cry out to them to assist us, to inter, intercede for us with their prayers to help us fight the enemy who wants to divide and conquer, who wants to take out marriages, who wants to pollute the world with his pornographic images. We need to cry out to our brothers and sisters who've gone before us, who are alive in heaven, to help us fight the fight. We're called the church militant, and the, our saints and brothers and sisters in heaven are called the church victorious. We need to cry out to them, help us. They've been here. They know the battle we're up against. They're here to help us. They're the communion of saints. And, and in terms of, of being prayer warriors for each other, <clears throat> the, the saints in heaven are praying for us, interceding for us. Uh, but the uh, but the church suffering, the, 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 folk, the, the souls in purgatory need us here on earth to pray for them to pray for their souls, that, that they would, um, you know, complete their purification and then be able to, to see God face to face. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a family. Everybody's helping each other. Amen. Amen. You know, and the question comes up sometimes, should I or shouldn't I pray for someone who's died? You know, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, my uncle. You know what? No prayer is wasted. Amen. No prayer is wasted. Those that are in pur they're in the state of purgation, in the state of purgatory, that are being purified, they are going to go to heaven. But we can assist them on their journey, called the church suffering, as you pointed out, Rob. We can assist them on their journey to heaven by praying for them. It's a beautiful gift. I mean, it's Jewish culture. It's what Ju Jesus, the time of Jesus, the Jewish culture, they absolutely prayed for those relatives that had gone before them. So it's not something new. It's something that's been in our faith tradition for 2,000 years as Christians, plus in our heritage, our roots, which Jesus was a Jew. His mother and father were Jews. It's in their history also. So this is a beautiful, beautiful gift the Lord has given us to allow us to participate in their purgation process, their purification process, to speed it up so that they can get into heaven and be with our Lord and Savior for all eternity a little bit faster pace. So what a beautiful teaching that absolutely. the church has. One body in Christ. It's absolutely wonderful and beautiful to even think of that. We're all one body. We all belong to Christ. We all are part of God. It's uh, it's one of the greatest gifts. And it reminds me of St. Faustina uh, in the Divine Mercy Diary. She writes so much, so many times about uh, the souls in purgatory and praying for the souls in purgatory. But one, uh, one phrase or paragraph really stands out to me. And it reminded me, uh, she called out to her brothers and sisters in heaven and she asked them to look at her their little sister here on earth and to help her make her way uh, to heaven to, to get home uh, with them and just the way she put it I mean the community of saints absolutely but uh, just what it says here children of God and they are 
are the children of God because they are the ones who will rise. Children of God, I mean, that is what always strikes me the most about being uh, being a Christian, being a child of God. It's when I get up into heaven and I'm sitting there at the foot of my father and I think of the best possible father on earth, my father... Uh, God rest his soul, uh, I pray in heaven now, uh, was a wonderful example of a father for me. Uh, but even if I took his example and went even beyond that to say, what is the perfect image of a father? And then to think that that's what it's going to be like in heaven, that God gives us that imagery of family. He provides and sets up families in the uh, on the earth to give us the example of what it will be like in heaven, to know that God is our father, father and Mary is our mother, and that we're children. Uh, I think it says, it, not even the the angels have been given that gift. So what a wonderful imagery. You know, it's so important because Holy Mother Church, the Roman Catholic Church, 2,000 years, these teachings have been in the church. And what I love about Holy Mother Church is she always points to the Word of God as the light of truth. All of her teachings, I mean, this beautiful teaching on the communion of saints, it also in this same paragraph that the dead will rise, the church teaches there is a bodily resurrection. Mm. It's not just a spiritual, it's a bodily. Jesus died, was put in the tomb, and rose bodily. His body was no longer there. But yet, later on, as he as he was on those 40 days journey here on earth, he revealed himself to others, and they saw him bodily. He ate and drank with them. He showed his wounds, though they no longer hurt. So for us, it says here again, you know, where Moses showed there is a bodily resurrection, because the Sadducees did not believe in that. But it says that Moses said that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and that God says that, you know, he's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living. They rose bodily. And I love it. Another scripture verse, the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John see Moses and Elijah. They recognize them, not because they're a spirit, because they were fully immersed in Christ and beautifully radiated his pure love through their bodies, through who they were created to be from the beginning. So for me, bodily resurrection, it's right here, church teaching, and also the communion of saints. And Elijah was taken up in a chariot. I mean, these are uh, these are things we got to remember that it is real. Heaven is real. And there are real, real people up there, which are our brothers and sisters that we can call on. And, um, you know, I love our Protestant brothers and sisters. I do with all my heart uh, and, and conversation with them when I bring this up. It, it's, it's how I get across the communion of saints. And I share what is, I think, one of the simplest teachings and, and obvious. Uh, Brother, will you pray for me today? I'm having a difficult time. Sure, I'll pray for you. And to realize that we have brothers and sisters in heaven who just so love us that they are images of God, that they are uh, exuding love, that, of course, to ask them for prayers, we're going to get them. And God's already shown that he's going to answer their prayers. So, again, yeah, a blessing. And the key is also, as Catholics, we know that we're called to be instruments in the healing of the one body of Christ, not obstacles. Because one of the things are, we're not God. So when people are blind to this truth, what do we do? The same thing Jesus did here. He pointed to the sacred scriptures, and he let God do the work. Right here is where we get the communion of saints. Right here is where we get the bodily resurrection. We point our brothers and sisters that are not Catholic to the sacred scriptures, the word of God, and we let God's word pierce the heart. Amen. 
pierce the heart with truth. So because as soon as I say, I'm right, you're wrong, the mm-hmm. wall goes up, there's a division, stop. Let me share how I read this, how the church has read this for 2,000 years. And let me connect this also to our Jewish heritage. But we share truth always with love and humility, and humility not to show with pride, I'm right, my church is right, you're wrong. You see, that's not God. That's the enemy who has slipped in with pride. Amen. So, I mean, again, and I wrote this down, you know, to be wise as serpents, but gentle as sheep is a scriptural verse, that the truth is the word of God, and it's not the wisdom of the world. So we always point people, not to people's great ideas, great thoughts, wisdom here, wisdom there, stop. We point them to the one true truth, the Word of God. Amen. Every Catholic belief and teaching finds its roots deep in sacred Scripture, deep in the Word of God, deep in the Old and the New Testament. It's beautiful. And when you connect the dots, you're like, I can see now. Amen, yes. But it's not you that connected the dots. It's God who revealed it to you. And he says that to Peter. It's not you who did this, but God, the Father, who revealed it to you. That's our journey. So again, our separated brothers and sisters let's, that, are, that are not Catholic, let's lock arms with them. Let's fight the one common enemy who's out to destroy marriages, destroy this country, destroy the world, destroy souls. Let's, let's fight that one common enemy. And share our beliefs scripturally yes. with love and humility. And, and this is a question of identity that, you know, as, as you guys are talking about, we are, we are children of God. And no matter what anybody else says or thinks or does or opinions or, you know, the change of, change of fashion, change of times, whatever, we are children of God. That's our identity. It's not what anybody else thinks. We have an audience of one. That's why I love the uh, the Eagles quarterback has that you know, that tattoo. A O one audience of one. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So he's a he's a he's a, he's a believer, and um, and that's you know we are children of God. It's awesome. We just celebrated this past week my one son's baptism day. So we we try to remember to celebrate not only their birthdays but their baptism day, and 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 just celebrate the day that they became fully a member of God's family, a, a child of God. So um, awesome to try to wrap our head around that. Oh, I mean, that you're amazing. a child, God. I mean, the all powerful, almighty, awesome Creator of everything. And we're actually a child of his. I mean, I think we could spend a whole lifetime growing deeper and deeper into that whole thought and realize the purpose of our life is driven by that alone, that God loves us to to overflowing. And when we beat ourselves up and we think, oh, we can't be forgiven, we have a father. What father would offer his son a snake or a scorpion if he asked for a fish or a loaf of bread? Um and how much more does our Heavenly Father love us, as, as the Scripture says? So um, that is something that uh, I love to grow in a thought. And it's what I, I, I really keeps in my center of my life is that I'm a child of God. And I, I try to let all of my faith grow around that through Scripture. And as you said, with our, our brothers and sisters who are of a Protestant faith, and, and we have the single uh, common union in the um, 
in the Scripture, the living Word of God. So when we have to do battle, uh, let's do battle with Scripture, as Jesus did in the in the desert against the devil. You used a word, a terminology there. I want to just correct a little bit. You oh, said yes, Protestant please. faith. But oh. you see, the Protestants and the Catholics, we all have the same faith. Yes. The faith is in Jesus Christ. Thank you. The Catholic Church teaches that all baptized Christians, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are members of the same body of Christ. They are yes. our brothers and sisters in Christ. They don't have a different faith. They have the same faith in Jesus Christ, well in God the Father, in the Holy Spirit. But, but they don't quite understand the way we understand. So we just share with love and humility our biblical understanding of the truth and beauty of Holy Mother Church, and then let God be God. The, the next thing that I wrote down is we're not just children of God. We're a part of his body, created in his image and likeness, uniquely to be a prism through which the world can see love. Each one of us uniquely are a prism through which the world is meant to see that unique piece of God's love. Think about that. All seven billion people were created in his image and likeness. The enemy of our soul cannot make a soul. He cannot knit a body and a soul. So we know that God created all humanity. Now we need to go out there to be those lights in the darkness to draw other people to him so they understand they are children of God. They are part of his body. They are created in his image and likeness. They are his brothers and sisters and daughters and sons. And guess what? Ultimately, his bride. Because Amen. you see, Amen. that's what Jesus shows here. Yes, he does. There is no earthly marriage in heaven. Why? Because an earthly marriage is meant to be, number one, it's instituted and created by God as a covenant sign to be a an icon, a window through which we see the eternal reality of the exchange of the love of the Father for the Son, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is where we as Catholics get the four pillars of a marriage, which is a covenant, not a contract, not an agreement. It's a covenant, an exchange of persons. And so the four pillars of that marriage are free, total, faithful, and fruitful. And too many of us since the 1920s have allowed sin to break off that last piece of fruitful. And we've contracepted. Mm. We have gone against life. Contra is mm. againtception, life. We have gone against life. We have contracepted. We have chosen to be God in the bedroom, decide when we do want a child, when we don't want a child, we don't want to trust God. He doesn't know. I can't afford this child right now. I can't this. I... Stop. Stop. Marriage is meant to be the signpost that points to the heavenly reality of the, of, of the eternal exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So a marriage that is truly a covenant sign is... Free, total, faithful, fruitful. So to the extent that we are not that today, today's a new day. Let's ask God's help to be that. And let's ask God to help us every day love our spouse mm, yes. as he loves them, as his daughter or son, as his brother or sister, and guess what? As his bride, purely 
and passionately. It can start anew for each and every one of us today. The courtship should never end. One day, one step, and call out to God every day, help me, Lord, help me love for me, your daughter, purely and passionately. Help me love your sister, purely and passionately. And Father, help me love your bride, purely and passionately, freely, totally, faithfully, and yes, open to the fruit of that union. Beautiful, beautiful. It's it's the words that you just said, faith, and um, and just growing closer to your wife. It's it's how I grow closest to God. And uh, I've listened over the year or so, Dave, that I know you, and uh, that was the message you've always always led with. It's the light that shines from you, and it's been contagious to me. And uh, and when I do apply it, and I try to apply it well, um, I, I never ever imagined how much closer it would bring me to God. As a matter of fact, many signs and, and, and directions have come to me through my wife and through loving her more than I've ever loved her before. When I was first converted back to the faith, I was always Catholic, but when I was falling away for so many years and came back, Abraham, 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 it came to me so many times. And I was I tried to figure out, well, what does Abraham have to have to do with, uh, with my life? And I'll tell you, it took me many years to realize, and even now, realizing it more, that God wants me to have the faith of Abraham in everything I do, that he's involved and he's leading me. And the more I do let go and let God, the more I do surrender, especially in my marriage, um, he's led me to areas I would have never imagined in my life. And, uh, and that comes from loving my wife and it comes from having faith in God. And I think that's the vocations that, uh, as you said, are most important. Faith is important. And you know, if you ask yourself this question, well, what's the first step? My counsel to you would be this. Ask God to help you right order your life. The Ten Commandments are laid out with the number one most important commandment being love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's not an accident. So the first thing on our right ordered life is our time with God. God as Father, God in Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit taking time every day, every morning, and throughout our day to invite God along on our journey, to ask God a Father, what do you want me to do today? To ask Jesus to live in me, with me, and through me. To ask the Holy Spirit to light my path, to guide me, to give me counsel and wisdom. So for me, a right order life starts with God first. But that's not church work, because the number two in item on our right-ordered life is our number one vocation, which is our spouse, be it our wife or be it our husband. It is our number one vocation. God has entrusted his daughter or son, his sister or brother, and his bride to us. That's number two. Number three are our children and grandchildren. To the extent that they're not being cared for, nourished, and nurtured, We have to stop anything else. Then number four is what I like to call mission opportunities. It's the workplace, it's the community, and it's the church. Because you see, the enemy of our soul, he can use doing good stuff for everybody else, for the church, to divide and conquer our marriage. But see, that's not God. It's got to be number four in our priority. And then number five has to be self. 
God the Father delights in you. He created you first and foremost out of love, for love. He delights in you. What do you do each day? What do you do every week? Do you go fishing? Do you go play volleyball? What do you do that God can delight in you planting flowers, um, riding a bike, whatever it might be? Too many of us have left the little boy or the little girl in us die, and that's wrong. So number five on the list is self. So again, right-ordered life, God first, then spouse, then children and grandchildren, then our mission opportunities, the workplace, the community, and the church, and finally is self. What didn't make the list? Stuff. Stuff (laughs) will never give you what only God can give you, the fruit of the Spirit, the joy, the peace, the love, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness. So ladies and gentlemen, start today. Ask God for help right over your life. And David, as you're, you're sharing about God and, and how he delights in us and to, to, to allow the, the child in us to enjoy, because uh, God, God plays passion. Passion is good. Desire is good. They're from God. But when they're disordered or, you know, out of whack, then, then that's, that's when we get in trouble. But, but desire is good. Passion is good if it's rightly ordered. And, and I just wrote down when you said God delights in us, I made a personal God delights in me. And I just thought of something that uh, that w- it was an answer in a survey of adults. They were asked to look back on their youth sports experience, and uh, and you know the bottom line was the worst part of youth youth sports. They said was the ride home, <laughs> the ride home with their parents. Oh, you should have did this. You should have did this. You didn't do this. You got to work harder. And then they said, well, what would you have wanted to hear? I had fun watching you. Was the answer? Yeah. Yeah. And what does that mean? I delight in you, right? Thanks. So, so if we're children of God, and God gave us gifts, He gave gave us talents. He He, you know, has all this beautiful stuff in in His creation. That when we're enjoying that, He is delighting in our enjoyment. He yep. He's watching. And if we, you know, when we're when we're with God, He's like, "Would you Would you think of that game? Oh, I had fun watching you. Beautiful. I had fun watching you. That, that's that's what God, our Father, would say to everything. I I I, delight, I had fun Beautiful. just watching you. Yeah. So that's it's amazing. I went miniature golfing with uh, four of my ch- three of my children this past week, and my one child is blind. She's fifteen and she's blind. And so as a father, I just helped her with one arm guide her stick, but I would whisper in her ear what to do. At the end of the match, we added up the scores. My son got a 62. My daughter got a 61. <laughs> the father, me, I got a 60. My daughter, who was blind, got a 41. <laughs> no Praise God. She Praise beat God. us all oh. by almost 20 points. Why? Because her father yeah. helped guide the club, but I didn't swing, and whispered in her ear exactly what to do. And what did she do? Listen, may God bless each and every one of you. Open up your spiritual ears. Listen to the Father. Love your children. Dance with his daughter or son. God bless you. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or 
how to start a gospel reflection group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.